0: Part three on birth control with Victor Claveau. That's what's next on the Catholic Hack. Stick around. Let's talk about it.
1: Houston, we have a problem.
0: papam. Podcasting from a parking lot in the Woodlands, Texas. It's the Catholic Hack with Joe McLean.
2: Take, Take this. All of you. Indeed it. Indeed it. This is my body
1: which will be given up for you.
0: First Peter 3.15 Always be ready to give an explanation to anyone who asks you for a reason for your hope. Take this, all of, you, all of you, and drink from it.
2: This is the cup of my blood, the blood of the new and everlasting covenant. It will be shed for you and for all, so that sin may be forgiven.
0: The Church of the Living God, the pillar and foundation of truth. 1 Timothy 3.15 Do this in memory of the Welcome back to The Catholic Hack. I'm Joe McLean, and this is episode number 73. As we wrap up our three-part discussion with Victor Claveau on birth control and abortifacients and birth defects and all kinds of things that I think you really really need to know so so far I hope you've enjoyed the conversation as many of you have let me know that this is material that you've probably never even heard of at least not heard like this anyway And so that's why I felt it was so important to share this conversation with you and Victor's booklet, which you can get off of his website, which you can find on my website at www.catholichack.com. So please stop by there today. Well, we just got back from Thanksgiving weekend. How was yours? Mine was pretty good. My family and I drove up eight hours to Slayton, Texas. We visited with my sister and her family and my, my mother was there as well we had a great time, great Thanksgiving meal. The great Todah in American culture, in our, in our family culture, in the background of the Jewish tradition. The Todah celebration, the Todah sacrifice is that Thanksgiving offering, that clean sacrifice that would survive all of the bloody sacrifices as prophesied in the Old Testament. And so from there, we see the unbloody sacrifice of the Eucharist, the real sacrifice, the one that God came to establish in the sacraments. Jesus truly present, body, blood, soul, and divinity right there in the real Thanksgiving meal. That's where the word Eucharist comes from. It's from the Greek word, which means Thanksgiving. So I pray that your Thanksgiving went well. But I pray that when you think of your thanksgiving, that you'll also think of the real thanksgiving, the one that we give thanks to God for His sacrifice at Calvary, as it's represented to us on the altar at Mass every day. The real Todah, the real thanksgiving. Well, let's begin, as we always do, with a prayer in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. All glory be to you, almighty God, forever and ever. I praise your holy name. Seeking your mercy, I come before you in all humility, bowing down in grace. I come to ask for your mercy, the grace to proclaim your glory in this podcast, the grace that's needed by all who listen to hear your voice in our hearts. I pray for the conversion of sinners, especially those fallen away from your church, that they might come home to you once again. I pray for the sick and the dying. God send forth your angels on this earth to care for them, to show them the love of Christ, that they might believe and have faith. I pray for all married couples, that they will be strengthened in their sacrament of matrimony, to love one another to raise their children to be godly children for your sake, for your glory alone, O Lord. For the weak, for the secular, that they might become religious in their hearts, to love Christ, to have passion for Him, and to love and live for Him every day. We seek this and in the intercession of our dearly beloved Lady. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus, Holy Mary, Mother of God. Pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen.
1: Sacred Scripture speaks of life without Christ as slavery and lonely exile. It is a slavery to sin and an exile from God's presence. In such circumstances, happiness is impossible. But now Christ has come to free the slaves and bring the exiles back home. And that means you and me. Find out more next on Breaking the Bread. Our God is coming. The time of exile, that long separation of humanity from God due to sin, is about to end. This is the good news proclaimed in this Sunday's liturgy. Isaiah, in the first reading, promises Israel's future release and return from captivity and exile. But as the gospel shows, Israel's historic deliverance was meant to herald an even greater saving act by God. The coming of Jesus to set Israel and all nations free from bondage to sin, to gather them up and carry them back to God, the true Father. God sent an angel before Israel to lead them in their exodus towards the promised land, and He promised to send a messenger of the covenant, Elijah, to purify the people and prepare them by turning their hearts to the Father before the day of the Lord. John the Baptist quotes these texts as well as Isaiah's prophecy to show that all of Israel's history looks forward to the coming of Jesus Christ. For in Jesus God has filled in the valley that divided sinful humanity from Himself. He has reached down from heaven and made His glory to dwell on earth, as we sing in this Sunday's responsorial psalm. He has done all this not for humanity in the abstract, but for each and every one of us. The long history of salvation has led us to this Sunday's Eucharist, in which our God and Father again comes and our salvation is near. And each of us must hear in this week's reading a personal call. Here is your God, Isaiah says. He has been patiently waiting for you, as St. Peter tells us in the Sunday's epistle. Like Jerusalem's inhabitants in the gospel, we have to go out to him, repenting of our sins, all the self-indulgence and laziness that makes our lives a spiritual wasteland. We have to straighten out our lives and return to him so that everything we do leads us to him. Let us hear them the beginning of the gospel and once again commit ourselves to lives of holiness and devotion as sons and daughters of the most High God. This is Scott Hahn for Breaking the Bread.
0: Breaking the Bread is a production of the St. Paul Center for Biblical Theology. If you'd like to receive written copies of Dr. Hahn's reflections on the Sunday mass readings, you can contact us by email at staff at salvationhistory.com or call us at 740. 740- 264 9535. That's 740 264 9535. Well, now that we've entered the season of Lent, we're all looking forward to that day, that day when our Lord comes. Here's an exercise that you can try with yourself, you know, private scriptural study, or you can do this with your family. Go through the Old Testament and search out all those references how the people of Israel were searching. They were longing for the day when their Messiah would come. I want you to start there in Genesis, when the Lord turns to Eve and says that he will put enmity between her seed and the serpent. That's the first good news, the proto-evangelium. That's when we have this promise of of the Messiah to come who will right all the wrongs that were done right then and there in the Garden of Eden. So start there and then move through salvation history and discover all the mourning, the pain, the longing, the joy in searching out and wanting the Messiah to come. And then prepare yourself for that day when like the shepherds, we too will bow our knee and give praise and glory to God incarnate here on earth with us every day as he has promised us, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Well, today we're going to wrap up our conversation with Victor Claveau on birth control, abortifacients, birth defects, and all kinds of things. So without further ado, let's roll up our sleeves and let's dive deep and get into the truth with Victor Claveau. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I
1: want the truth! You can't handle
0: the truth! This school when I sit, even just a little bit, I get hit with the power that made
1: the veil in the temple split. When I submit, fall on the floor and the door, can't get enough, got to come back for some more.
2: Hey, we've got a problem here.
1: every you can benefit in this school, your any commitment. Roger that. The
0: rises up in adoration of the throne, something happens to my wounded heart from all the love revealed and shown bright.
1: As Shakina comes to my hands and persists, to persist. the change and sustain the way I think it exists, to feel the bliss because my name is in the book of life's list. That's what happens when you sit in the school of the Eucharist. Mr. Hemmett, take her down. Make your death one five zero feet, ten degree down bubble. One five zero feet, ten degree down bubble. Aye, sir.
2: What we need to do is try to, to inform people and provide them with the necessary information so that they can make objective decisions and not be on birth control pills. And we need to inform people about things like natural family planning and the benefits of it and how it works. And it's not difficult. People in third world countries without any formal education whatsoever have been trained very easily to use natural family planning. So when, when you talk about the Church and uh, the Church's uh, uh, denunciation of these things, it, if, you, if you have all the information, you wouldn't be making stupid statements like that <laughs> about how the Church is trying to uh, uh, prevent this or, or foster that. The Church believes in the, uh, the, the goodness of each and every individual, and that's what they're trying to promote, the value the human life, the value of every human life from uh, conception to natural death. So, you no, know, I, I don't know. That's kind of a long-winded yeah. answer, but
0: <laughs> but no, that's it's very pertinent. I think. I think a lot of people don't think through these these issues. They think on the surface level, you know, much the same way mm-hmm. that many Protestants do the Scripture. They think these issues on a surface level. The surface level is people are dying people are are poor and they don't have anything well, let's limit their birth to keep their burden light but in reality like you like uh-huh. you pointed out the uh, the drugs that are used for contracepting are killing people and they're they're ruining the, the the female person they're causing not only diseases but also not to not to go unnoticed is the depression the depression effects are tremendous on women um, oh, yeah. as a result of these drugs and then you have condoms which is which is a pseudo answer to the problem because in reality it doesn't prevent a the spread of aids and it also doesn't do a very good job of, of preventing uh you know conception as it is so it's a pseudo a- answer and in reality, we're trying to, instead of seeking the truth, instead of going after the truth, we're seeking everything but, you know, instead of looking at natural family planning, which takes the God-given designed natural cycle of the female uh, person and, and incorporating your lifestyle in that, we're seeking to take a natural process and take something unnatural to stick in the middle of it. Well, of course it doesn't work. I mean, it just—it's a no-brainer. But I think a lot of people just simply don't think through the process on on a very, you know, they everything is surface to them. They don't ever dive deeper than that. But you know, the other thing I wanted to know in your research is, have you? Uh, discovered or looked at why so many doctors are prescribing birth control pills to to young girls younger and younger these days. I mean, one of the the biggest excuses I hear these days are, "Well, I need it to control my my cycles because my cycles are irregular." I mean, have you looked at that issue at all?
2: Well, that can be true. I mean, it can. But the point is, is that if a if a young woman is asking for birth control pills. Uh, and she lies to a doctor about her reasoning, then the doctor um you know is quite could quite, quite well prescribe a birth control pill for for that particular reason for medic- there are some legitimate reasons why. A woman could take a birth control pill to regulate her cycle or something else. I'm not a doctor by any means. I I couldn't even give advice on that. But if they're lying to the doctor and misrepresenting their reason for it because they want to be sexually active, well then they're going to they're going to you know that's they're going to pay a price for it sooner or later. See a lot of a lot of people getting back to what you were, we were talking about a little bit earlier don't want to know the truth. It's like if if I don't know it then it's it's like the, the proverbial three monkeys you know see no evil hear no evil speak no evil mm. if i don't know about it it's not going to affect me and that unfortunately is not true and not only does do we have problems with the pill and the abortion and 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 all of that but there are other societal ramifications i remember a man who came into my store one day, and I, I had a Catholic bookstore for 13 years. I closed it five years ago, and he literally sobbed in front of me on, on my counter and, and because he just said his daughter had just aborted his grandchild. Mm. And a few months back, uh, I was asked to give a, a short talk, a 30-minute presentation, at a fundraising banquet for a pro-life group. And I was asked to speak about um, two things. One was about where we're going in the pro-life, uh, uh, you know, in the pro-life arena, and two, the effects of abortion on men, and how men have men who are involved in abortion who have little or no control over abortion. You know, the 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 girlfriend or the wife says, uh, you know, I'm going to go have an abortion, and the guy has nothing to say about it. Well, there's a higher incidence of depression and suicide and drug use and alcoholism and all of that, because one of the things that they don't think about, or we, we don't think about in our society, is that everything in in our society in our growing up to men to to manhood is that we're taught by our fathers to be responsible. You know, my father taught me, you know, if you have to shovel manure to feed your family, that's what you do. And, you know, whatever it takes, you're you're the man. You have to be the strong one and, and, and be there for your family. And when a man has no control whatsoever and his child is aborted or murdered and he can't do anything about it, this is devastating psychologically to the average guy who says, you know, I'm not for it. There are a lot of men who say, yeah, let's go get an abortion, let's get rid of this thing, you know. But there are a lot of men who are are totally and completely against abortion who want these children, and then they have to deal with the psychological uh, after effects, which can be absolutely devastating. There's there's so many things that when you cut God out of the picture, you know, sooner or later, uh, again, you're going to hurt. I remember one woman uh, came to me, and she said her husband was going to have a vasectomy. And I said, well, you know, would you have your husband call me? And, I, and she said, well, I don't know if he'll call you. And I said, tell him I only want to talk to him for three minutes. So he called me, and he said, okay, uh, Victor, you have three minutes. And I said, well, you know, over the years, I've had my store, at the time I had it for nine years. So, uh, And I said, I've had nine men, who've come into my store and talked to me about having a vasectomy, that they had a vasectomy. And one man, uh, his wife had a ligation for birth control purposes. And every one of these men, in almost the same words, say, they said, well, now when I make love to my wife, I can't get close enough to her. And they didn't understand it. It was like something beyond their grasp that they, they knew was out there, but they didn't know how to grab a hold of it. And I started explaining to them about the unify the, the sexual intercourse between a husband and wife is to do two things. One is procreation, but the other is to unify a husband and wife in the most intimate and most beautiful way. And then when we cut God out of the picture and we say, well, look, I want it on my terms. I want to have the, the sexual gratification, but I don't want to have uh, to worry about pregnancy or whatever. Then what they do is they sever this unitive aspect and once they sever it they can't get it back and that's what happens when these people do this whether it be birth control pills or whether it be a tubal ligation for birth control purposes or whether it be a vasectomy they sever this and it makes it profanes the sexual act the marital act so and and this is something that people a, a lot of times they don't want to look at it you know they don't want to. They don't want to face these things, and that's what we need to do, as as mature adults, is to look into these areas and and find out and examine. And there's so much that needs to be done. We're living in basically, in my opinion, an amoral society, when we can have half the people in the country who are absolutely in favor of voting for pro-abortion candidates, who say that you know uh, the partial birth, the, they defend the partial birth abortion. Uh, i I just wonder what 's going on in our country where we 've lost our moral compass and i and I think people need to get involved and When I spoke to this pro life group, you know we had a speaker before me, a wonderful gifted speaker who talked about all of the efforts the pro life efforts and the inroads we have made and Then I got up there and I said, well you know sure we we 've made some inroads, and when you save one life uh, Uh, You know, the Jews have an expression, if you save one life, you save the world. But 50 million babies have been aborted. 50 million and 250 million more, it's been estimated, have been aborted because of the uh, uh, birth control pill, the abortifacial nature of the pill. Mm -hmm. That's 300 million babies. When are we going to stand up and really go to town and fight this fight? Satan has us by the throat, and we need to fight. And it's not just saying, well, if it doesn't affect me, then we, we don't have to get involved. This issue affects every man, woman, and child in the United States. And we all need to stand up and, and vote, and vote properly, and follow the Catholic Church's moral teaching. And the Catholic moral teaching on this is, is, is unique. And I mean unique. The Catholic Church is the only religious body, only Christian religious body, that absolutely condemns artificial birth control. Every other mainline Christian denomination, or I should say not every other, because the Catholic Church is not a denomination. The Catholic Church is the one true church established by Jesus. Everything else is a denomination. And every one of them allow for abortion and artificial contraception. Abortion in some restricted cases, but still they allow abortion. And they promote artificial contraception. When we do that, we violate God's law. When we go against God's law, anybody who studies the Old Testament realizes that, you know, when God chastised the Israelites, it was because they drifted from him. And then he chastised them, and they came back, and they lived a good life for a while, and then they got complacent, and then they drifted again, and then he chastised them again. I'm just waiting, you know, and I, I don't mean to be an alarmist, but I'm waiting for the great chastisement, because our, our country has, you know, has drifted so far from from our moral compass that I'm, I'm wondering what's holding back God's hand.
0: I don't uh, think you know, uh, Yeah, I don't think there's been a slaughter before in the history of the world as as we see now, or actually, I should yeah. rephrase as we fail to see now. <laughs> I mean, we. No, so one out of every. Go ahead. I was only going to just reemphasize the fact that you know when we're talking about this issue, we 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 will count and acknowledge. The abortions performed at clinics, but we never will mention the abortions performed due to contraception, which is well. Most people
2: aren't aware of it. Yeah, that's you know that they're just not aware of it. One of the things that I have in in my booklet uh, is a chart that shows of the different pills and uh, the abortifacient uh, uh, statistics, and I'm trying to find it right now, but essentially it says that. Between, okay, here, um, infant homicides directly resulted from birth control pills are anywhere from 7.9 million, which is the low range, to as many as 13 million a year. We have uh, essentially aborted one child for every person who lives today in the United States. And it's not going to get any better. Okay. and and something's got to be done about it and we can only do it one person at a time we need to educate we need to get on the phone we need to talk to our 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 friends and our relatives we need to write letters to the editor uh there's so many things that can be done and need to be done um Hmm. the uh one of the things that i i i recommended here at the end of my booklet i said uh first of all, we must pray. We must pray fervently for the Holy Spirit to change the minds and hearts of those engaged in the slaughter of the innocents. And we must pray too for ourselves so that we will have the courage to speak out for life at every opportunity. Write letters to your local newspaper championing the cause of life. Use the Internet to send articles of interest to your family, friends, and acquaintances, and especially your political leaders. Make your views known to your elected officials and support pro-life candidates for political office at all levels of government. Now, one of the things, the Pope John Paul II Society, now that let me give the website at www.pjpiisoe.org. And that website has a fistful of uh, pro-life informational pamphlets that you can download and print free of charge. All it costs you is paper and ink. And you can print these up, fold them up, and then pass them out. Give them wherever you go. You can leave them in doctor's offices, leave them at a table at a McDonald's or wherever you eat. You know, have them readily available so that the subject comes up. And one of the things that I've learned as an evangelist for the last 20 years, if you're open to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will use you. If you have these materials available, the Holy Spirit will bring people to you that can benefit from these materials. Mm. If you're not prepared, then obviously you're not going to be utilized. Right. But we need to stand up, and we need to fight, each and every one of us. And someday we're going to stand before the Lord, and we're going to answer for what we do and what we don't do in this issue, and when we talk about—now, here, let me, let me end this whole thing with a quote from Bishop Sheen. And he wrote this in 1931 in uh, a book called A Plea for Tol- Intolerance. And he said, "'America, it is said, is suffering from intolerance. It is not. It is suffering from tolerance of right and wrong, truth and error, virtue and evil, Christ and chaos.'" Our country is not nearly so much overrun with the bigoted as it is overrun with the broad-minded. In the face of this broad-mindedness, what the world needs is intolerance. And I agree with that 100%. We need to be intolerant. We have tolerated this destruction and slaughter of the innocents for far too long. So I recommend that people, people purchase this booklet and learn. I just had, uh, you know... Uh, next month, the 25th of July will be the 25th anniversary, or excuse me, the 35th anniversary of uh, of uh, vitae, and the um, the Cardinal in London, his office just ordered 200 copies of this pamphlet, and they plan to give them out one to each priest in the diocese of London uh, next next month.
1: Praise God. And I would
2: recommend that. Praise
1: God. You know. God. Yeah. And
2: yeah, well, that's what we need. Only what we need a priest who say, look, I don't want to just read this myself. I want to buy 500 copies, or I want to buy 1,000 copies so that I can give one to every family in my parish. That's what needs to be done. This, this information is too vital. Uh, it, it's just it's so vital importance important that, that people understand this. Lives are on the line. People are dying because of their ignorance in this issue. You know, I... Um, Bud McFarland wrote, he said, I am ecstatic about birth control and patients. It is a brilliantly organized and comprehensive revelation, review, explanation, and solution arranged for a quick read regarding the single most important issue in the Church and in the world today. And I c- certainly believe that it, this is the single most important issue in our Church in the world and that is saving the lives of our little ones.
0: How, how do we get you know, a hold of we, this, this booklet from you?
2: Well, they can order it by going to my website. Now, it's evangelizationstation.com. Evangelization is spelled with a Z, for those of you who live in the United States. <laughs> uh, evangelizationstation.com, or victorclavo.com, and that's V-I-C-T-O-R-C-L-A-V-E-A-U. If you go to the main page of my website, You'll see a listing of the materials that, I, that I've that i written, books and so forth. And if you click on um, any one of them, but in this one it, there's a little thing that flashes and it says new. And if you click on birth control and abortifacients, it'll take you to the order page. I also have a non-Catholic uh, edition, because there are people, as you know, who, if it's Catholic, well, they're not interested. So I produced a pamphlet that's a little bit smaller. It takes out the aspects of Catholic moral teaching that I discussed at length in the Catholic edition. So I've had uh, people, uh, especially people who are working in pregnancy centers, and mm-hmm. they say, look, you have, you have a Catholic edition, you have a, a non-Catholic edition. Well, we want to be able to give the non-Catholic edition that has the meat of it, uh, the statistical data and the... the uh, uh, the action of the pill and so forth. We want something that we'll be able to give to anybody. And that's the the booklet there. But the Catholic edition deals with the Catholic Church's moral teaching. It discusses the uh the concept of grace in a person's lives goes into uh, conscience, what is a conscience, and it quotes uh, Archbishop Pugh and others in the Catholic Church, quotes the Catechism, and it quotes some of the major encyclicals of uh, the Holy Father, especially John Paul II, dealing with this issue, and why the Church is so adamantly opposed to the destruction of innocent human life. So I would hope that people will uh, will purchase this booklet. Not not just, I'm not interested in making money, but it, it's a question of this information needs to get out. Right. So I'm hoping that we'll sell tens of thousands of these booklets, and parishes all over the country will buy them by by the hundreds and pass them out to their parishioners, and especially people involved in uh, pre-Cana, my goodness, our young people who are planning marriage need to know how dangerous these pills are.
0: Now, Victor, you are uh, obviously available to give talks on this subject, no?
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, I've been speaking about various aspects of the Catholic Church. Uh, Like, for instance, my book, Bible Sabotage, is a dialogue between myself and uh, two Protestants. uh, I met a man who was named George who uh, he actually had been teaching Bible study for 15 years, and he didn't know who I was. And he just simply said, well, you know, um, he was he was adding a room onto his house, and that's what prompted our conversation. And I said, well, why would you, and just you and your wife, why do you need another room? And he told me about his Bible study, and it was just overflow capacity. And he said, you know, if you have any questions on the Bible, I'd be happy to answer them. And I said, well, I do have a question for you, George. And he was really anxious. He leaned towards me, put his hand on my forearm, and he said, yes, Victor, what is it? And I said, how do you know you're teaching truth? (laughs) And it just absolutely stunned him. And he said, well, what do you mean? And I said, well, how do you know your interpretation of the Bible is correct? And so we went on, and he said, well, essentially, he prayed for guidance to the Holy Spirit. And I said, which one? And he said, well, what do you mean? Are you a Christian? And I said, well, yes, I am. He said, well, you must know there's only one Holy Spirit. And I said, well, yes, there are. There is only one Holy Spirit. But there are anywhere, it's estimated, as many as twenty-eight to 30,000 different churches. And they're all relying on the Holy Spirit. Does this sound logical? You know, do you think Jesus came on the scene and preached for three years and then said, okay, kids, you're on your own? Or did he leave beside, behind a visible authority? So what happened is, is that we ended up with a dialogue, and he invited his pastor, and the pastor was a um, minister from Calvary Chapel who was bitterly anti-Catholic, and uh, and he came with a fistful of questions, and the, the whole book is a dialogue on on um, those questions. You know, why do we call priests father, and why do we have statues in our church, and et cetera. But I answered about seventy basic questions on the catholic church and they're done with common sense so for somebody who really is interested in apologetics and wants to know how to explain the catholic church teaching in a common sense manner then i recommend this book because it's a culmination of twenty years experience in doing this another book i wrote is called um... scripture through history it's really important for catholics to understand that the bible is a catholic book It was written by Catholics, for Catholics, and we own the copyright. (laughs) Uh, This explains how the Bible came into existence and why there's a difference between the Catholic Bible and the Protestant Bible. And then the 7% solution is how to set up an evangelization program within a parish. And then finally, one that I'm, I'm finishing up now is a book entitled Holy Ground, Church and Mass Etiquette. And I've sent it to a number of notable priests, and I'm hoping for their input before I finally finish it. But I think it's finally done. So I have a wide variety of experiences, and, uh, uh, you know, taking a risk of sounding egotistical, you know, I can speak about just about anything that, that concerns the Catholic faith. I mean, I don't work on my own car. Mm-hmm. I don't know how. You know what I mean? Uh, this is what I do. This, right. is, this is what I know. I've spent 20 years doing this, and this is all I've ever done. So um, I'm a specialist, if you will, in, in Catholic church teaching. So, and, you know, I love, to, I love to educate. I love to teach. I love to speak about our faith. I'm in love with Christ and our church.
0: Praise God. So Yeah. And if someone wants yeah. to get a hold of you to, uh, to inquire about a speaking engagement, what's the best way to do that?
2: Well, you can email me at claveau at earthlink.net, that's C-L-A-V-E-A-U, claveau at earthlink.net, or I I can always be reached on my cell phone at 760-220-6818.
0: Well, Victor, it's been a real pleasure once again to have you back on this podcast. You've always inspired me. Every time I've heard you on Catholic Answers or talked to you in person, you always get me motivated to go out and work harder. So thank you for that. Thank you for your time.
2: Thank you, Joe, for having me. I really appreciate that, and I wish you and your family all the best. Keep having lots of kids, <laughs> and God bless to all of your, all of your uh, listeners. All right?
0: Praise God.
2: Thanks for having me. All right. God bless you now. God bless you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
0: Victor Claveau, Apologist, Defender of the Faith. That's an excellent booklet. I highly recommend that you pick that up today. Please do stop by his website at victorclovo.com You can always get to that link off of my website at www.catholichack.com or at joemclaine.com. That's J O E M C C L A N E.com. So it's all very simple easy for you to get to. As always, I would very much like to get your feedback at 713-568-6277. Send me an email at catholichack at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter. I don't do plurk. I'm not really into the whole plurk thing. Maybe it's all the Hindu overtones that I just really don't like. I don't know what it is, but I haven't really gotten into the plurk thing, so you're going to have to follow me on Twitter. And I've just started using Flock Notes. It's actually flocknote.com, but Flocknote is a way that you can subscribe and I can actually send you messages, much like blog posts about what's going on. So I'll post about the upcoming episodes and little notes and tidbits. For example, this last week, I conducted a live interview of a guest, Dr. Kevin Vost, who wrote a couple of books, but one we talked about most was a book about memorizing the faith and just about anything else. And I actually Ustreamed the interview live. And and so I announced that on Flock Notes and people came, stopped by and listened into the interview and actually chatted and participated. So it was a it was a great event. So I've decided to do more of those live events utilizing Ustream. I'm not sure I'm going to utilize the video feed as much as just the audio feed so you can stop by and listen to what's going on. My goal is to get set up. I've got a little bit of work to do in configuring things so that I can actually produce the entire show live on Ustream with bumpers and all. With a lack of a budget, let's just say, it's been kind of tough. I'm sort of trying to get the laptops configured so that I can actually play the bumpers, the background music at the appropriate time, have the Skype call as far as the interviews go, all fed into the same stream that I can then pump out to to Ustream for a live audience. You know, the easiest way is to actually just set up a, you know, a mixing board and then have multiple sources all channeling through that mixing board. But without a mixing board, there's other ways to do it. We can create virtual mixing boards or virtual audio, you know, lines that are in the computer. And you can actually assign applications to them. And then you can use that as like one big audio stream and then you can pump that to Ustream well there is a little bit of tweaking still to do there so pray that I'll figure it out at least someday I appreciate that you know I'm always praying for you so I ask that you pray for me and right now my wife is about 22-23 weeks pregnant with our son and we have decided we're going to name him well I'll tell you what I'll announce it on Flocknote so stop by Flocknote.com and check that out All right. Well, until next time, I'm praying for you. So please pray for me. May God richly bless you. God bless.
1: SQPN, the best in Catholic podcasting.